Hi, everyone, and welcome to the COVID-19 Vaccine Show. I'm excited to welcome the program, Dr. Mark Hayden. Dr. Mark, what's going on? How are you? Doing great. Uh, feeling great. Uh, alive and well, not under lockdown. So that's 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 pretty well. That's about as yeah, good as and, things get. And, and the thing is that I think that when we're looking at the vaccine, we still don't know how long it's going to be effective, what's going to happen once they don't see that the effectiveness works as well, and how everyone in the world's going to respond to this, because they're just hoping that the current vaccines are the magic elixir that's going to change the world, while only 50% of the United States wants it. So that's why people should continue to tune into this, because we just don't know the results of what's going to happen with full stadiums in September and all these different things. Uh, what happens? It's like you said, October, you think there's going to be another wave. What will the United States do and what will the world do if they find out this vaccine's not going to end this thought and end this pandemic? You know, I, I think that there is a, there's always times in which your life is challenged. You know, it may be coronavirus today. Somebody may pull a gun on you tomorrow and threaten to kill you. In the end, you do what's right because it's the right thing to do. You really can't afford to live your life in fear. You have to make the most of your life every day you have, regardless of, of whether you're going to die tomorrow. In fact, if you are going to die tomorrow, you really need to make the most use of today. So if I'm going to die tomorrow, I really need to make the best use of today. That, that's certainly true. So, you know, whether the world, in, whether my life ends in global nuclear war or coronavirus or, or pancreatic cancer, or I'm shot on the street by a random stranger, does it really matter how I die tomorrow as long as I do what I can with today? That's all we have is today. And that's exactly that's always it. And, you know, this idea that what is very attractive and they try to sell people is that big pharma is going to save the world. Big, <laughs> big pharma is not no. going to save the world. Yeah. I mean, if there's one thing you under, you should understand now is that your life is not saved by Big Pharma. Big Pharma is one of the most overhyped, pumped up, promoted. And you, I even see this when I go in, I go in and I work with other physicians and we're sitting around and we're talking about, hey man, this is great. It's summer. Exactly. We don't have to wear face masks. There's no lockdowns. There's no, no inhibitions. And I say, hey guys, what is all, and, and he, they bring up spontaneously, some of my peers who are physicians and medical people, they bring up and say, hey, guess what? That means that we have the best, we were saved because we have the messenger RNA vaccines. They are the best vaccines in the world and big pharma has saved us. And then I remind them of a little issue that they didn't think about. In Alabama, only 36% of the population has had two vaccines. Right. Only 20, 
only 24, I think it's like mid 20s, only 36% had one shot of a vaccine. How is it then that a herd immunity has been reached apparently when less than about a third of the people got both of their shot, even one shot? The only way that could have happened is we didn't have one third of the population get SARS-CoV-2 that was positive. The number of asymptomatic cases was probably two thirds to 70, 80%. So that if, if you were actually checking a daily stool and checking antigens for SARS-CoV-2, you could have picked it up in probably 75, 80, 90% of people if you had checked them every day. Now that would have cost some money, but why weren't those studies done? The government's not interested exactly. in proving that natural immunity worked. The government was only interested in serving the people that control the United States government, which is big industry, big commerce, and big money. So we don't have numbers that show how many people had asymptomatic infections in the United States. Not only that, we don't have numbers that are going to be on your evening news. So you're not going to see on the evening news that 70, 80, 90% of Americans already had it asymptomatically and it grew in their colon. Because those people might actually ask, you know, well, if I already had it growing and I already had a natural infection that didn't make me sick, then why should I be kissing ass to go down and get a Moderna and Pfizer vaccine when I don't know what the long-term complications are? So those kind of in information, those arguments won't be out there. The arguments that you will hear are, let's see, listen to some of these arguments. Everybody should wear a face mask, even if it's not an N95. Because if you don't wear a face mask, you're not part of the group. You're not a team player and you don't care about your fellow man. That's the kind of arguments you're gonna hear. Be, be a member of the team by wearing a surgical face mask that doesn't work. That's right, not on an aerosol that doesn't work. How about um, go get a vaccine, even if you've been infected? That's because exactly. you just show solidarity with the team. Even though you knew you had it and it grew out in your mouth, and you may have even had the pulmonary form, which is a god-awful form to have. But guess what? Be a member of the team by showing it that you can get your vaccine and showing that you love people. You know, my fellow man, Neil, you are alive. Right. Not because I love you. Neil Haley is alive regardless of whether Stephen Mark Hayden loves you or not. Neil Haley's alive because God loved him and planned his life. Not because of Pfizer and Moderna, not because of me, not because of, God has purpose for everybody. And, and we don't owe our lives to big pharma or vaccines. And you know, here's the irony. There were countries that had very tight lockdown procedures like Japan, very low vaccination rates. And yet their lockdowns were so stringent, they had almost no exposure to the initial versions of coronavirus that were basically fairly mild. 
And I remember last year, Neil, when we were arguing about, you know, why are they making such a big deal of this? Why not just go ahead and get it and get over it instead of doing these super tight lockdowns? Well, in Japan, they had very, very tight lockdowns. And in some of these countries with very tight social control, guess what? There was very little exposure of the wild type virus. So these people with very low exposures of wild type virus are now at much higher risk of having exposure to the new, more pathogenic, more transmissible, more toxic forms. So some of the people that thought that they were lucky are actually disadvantaged because they, weren't, they had no exposure at all. Are you there, Neil? I'm here, Mark. I just saw just basically just saying, I agree with you. I mean, so let's just dive into this deeper. So based on what you're saying, where do you see things? You said October, we're going to have another pickup. Or do you think herd immunity? The, the virus is going to still be here. Are they going to force people to do vaccines more than? I, I, think, I think the whole vaccine argument is falling on its, on its ass. Pardon the expression. And, and here's why. As you've opened up the economy, in Alabama, 75% of people didn't get both their shots. 66%, two-thirds, didn't get even one vaccine. And yet, guess what? They don't have to worry about any long-term side effects because they didn't get the vaccine. Most of those people actually got exposure. We have in Alabama... The Atlanta airport is one of the busiest airports in the world. And it's only about 90 miles from the Alabama border. So it's not that some of these cases are not trickling over. You're going to get different forms rolling through, but in the natural form, not, we're not talking weaponized form here. In the standard, right. the, the coronavirus is going to get more and more transmissible because that's what viruses do. Exactly. However, and it, and it may be more toxic to somebody who's never encountered it before, if that's the first version they encounter. But having an experience, an immune memory with, with uh, coronavirus, with the spike protein, S protein, and the N protein that are on the coronavirus helps protect you. And actually, it turns out you could have got that experience if you took it orally last year like I did. And actually, the irony is right. that people and then, accidentally... And, then, and, the, and the people that have had COVID, they said should never have gotten a vaccine now. There you go. I mean, what kind of, what kind of nut jobs actually tell people that actually after you've had a disease... You go get vaccinated with the man-made form just so that you can claim that you're one of the team, just so that you can say, you know, I might get a little extra protection from that. That made no sense at all. That was really- How many people have had propaganda. COVID more than once, Mark? Uh, what's the percentage of people who've had COVID more than once? You know, um, we don't know. And in fact, those studies aren't done. In other words, look, Right now, I am not, God knows, I'm not afraid of coronavirus, any kind of coronavirus. What would be a nice experiment for me is, hey, just go get me some coronavirus, let me swallow it and see if I colonize and see if it grows well in my colon. 
in my intestinal tract. If it's not growing in my intestinal tract, then I'm probably producing so many antibodies to it pretty rapidly that I suppress it real quick. And we really need some studies that show that like the India uh, UK variant, can I swallow that and can I grow it in my intestines or is my immunity already so great that I can't even grow it up in my, my small bowel? We need just basic stuff like that. And did you know in the United States, this makes me wanna laugh my ass off at this entire scientific community. We're still not doing human testing. Oh, because that's so unethical. So what I did on human testing is unethical, but that's how, that's how I learned. I mean, my God, if people can't experiment on themselves, then they don't control their own bodies. So the idea that the government doesn't organize human testing on live humans to really know that, hey, guess what? We've had this population. They've been exposed to the first variant, first wave. Let's give some of them an oral capsule. It's not going to kill them, for right. God's sakes. Exactly. And let's see if it All grows right. in there. So what, what do you have on the screen to show us today? Okay. Let's look at, let's just look at, at basic stuff here. You're, you're following me here. Let's see. I'm going to go to World on Meters. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. First of all, has worldwide the coronavirus gone away? No, it hadn't. No. You can you can see these spikes out here. It's a big global problem. Now, how should that affect you if you're in the United States? If you're in the United States, don't be buying any stock in uh, cruise ships yet. I would recommend don't buy uh, any stadiums because you don't know how well they'll be working a year from now, okay? That would be a, a con considered a high risk financial investment. Um, let's go over and look at, let's look at the USA. First of all, I gotta go over into this other crowd, hold on. Let's see, yesterday. In the USA, new cases, 16,000. In India, 84,000. Deaths is 421 in the USA. Let's go look at, um, let's look Only 421 deaths. Do you think, Mark, how were you having such high death rate before? Number one, it, it, it was associated with the oldest, sickest, and weakest which in natural selection, viruses killed off old sick. That's what happens in, in animals, right? I mean, I'm not trying to be real negative and people have a soul. People are not animals. People have inherent value. And I believe that people are, are created in the image of God, but uh, it's still disease as people get older and weaker, they're much more likely to die. And what we saw in the first waves of coronavirus last year and, and, and the first part of this year, mostly the oldest and sickest died. Now, with some of the coronaviruses, 
variants that are coming out now, you're seeing middle-aged people, more middle-aged people die. And you're even seeing younger, sicker people. And that is, that is a huge impact long-term. Let's say if somebody gets a lot of pulmonary damage and they have a long life expectancy, that's gonna affect their ability to work and produce. That may affect that for years. So there can be a lot of pulmonary damage and lung damage and reduced productivity and loss of good function for years and years on those people. And that's not just killing them off, that is creating a disability. And you really just didn't see that that much in the first and second waves. Now that you're starting to get into younger people, many of them, most of the younger people and middle-aged people won't die, but some of them will get sick. Some right, of them have right. uh, lung scarring and other problems. And that, that's, not, that's not good there. But let's, let's look at good old Alabama. You know, if we look at Alabama, how can you explain Alabama's number? Let's see, let's see, where's Alabama? Here it is. Total cases per million populations is about, right here, it's about 116,000. Deaths per million. The number of deaths per million in Alabama was really pretty high. But I'm telling you, one of the reasons why the deaths per million in, per population, we had a very unhealthy population in Alabama. Lots of obesity, terrible on obesity. They were terrible on hypertension, cardiovascular disease. A lot of the poor communities, they eat all this pork and, and just unhealthy diets. Ah, gross. But that's what poverty led them to. I mean, that's part of the poverty cycle and a part of very unhealthy Southern living, Southern cooking, fried chicken, fried in lard, overweight, diabetics, you name them. They had a lot of renal failure out there. In the, in the um, and hey, guess what? They died. A lot of them got sick and died in first, second waves. So most of the deaths in Alabama have actually passed. Look, active cases in Alabama. Can this be true? Not available? Bottom line is it's very, very low at this point. Now, if we look at someplace like California, our active cases is actually, when I looked yesterday, is only about, in California, even though our vaccination rate is almost half of what it is in California, the, the, the active rate of new cases is only 10% higher so, in Alabama than yeah, it is yeah. in California. Okay, so- So what, even though they doubled the right. amount of vaccinations almost, they barely made a difference in the amount of active cases. And the way you get that is, guess what? It's not that Alabama people are, actually they got immune because they just didn't wear their masks. They were Republicans, they were Trump Republicans. A lot of them, and a lot of them said, hey, we're not wearing our masks, we're gonna go to church, we're, we're gonna assemble anyway. And that basically they got exposed to the first and second waves. And so their active case numbers are not that bad even compared to, to California. They're just slightly worse than California, which has a vaccination rate almost twice. So what is going to happen in Alabama is all the people that haven't gotten vaccinated, guess what? They're not going to be vaccinated because they, they already have survived the threats. They're becoming immune to, oh, you're going to die, you're going to die, or else Pfizer and Moderna are going to have to save you. You know, um, 
these kind of arguments by Pfizer, and now did we hear that Moderna, I do, I'm proud to say, now I, I did not, I'll be the first to say I didn't vote for Biden. Okay, but I am proud that Biden is at least sending vaccines to other poor countries. Okay, so I think that that is great. Uh, when Biden is actually sent, Mark, offering to exactly. send a so million. Mark, so, so what, do, Dr. Mark, where yeah. do you see, so based on the trends, what trends are concerning you? Here's, here's one of the things you have to worry about. Biden did the right thing by offering to send vaccines to poor countries. And you're seeing that more and more because what they're realizing after a year and a half of a pandemic is that it's not going away. It's going to continue to circulate in the poor countries. And if you don't wipe out coronavirus, there will continue to be new mutants. And new, the new mutants will be more transmissible. If a new mutant comes across somebody who has no experience with it whatsoever, that person can get very sick. Fortunately, a lot of people already have some experience with the coronavirus variant. And so guess what? On those people, they, they get less sick or not sick at all. Right, right. So, so trend-wise, what's the concern? So here's, here's what you have to be concerned with. How long will the immunity last? From Now, and there are different types of immunity. The immunity I got was exposing my intestinal tract. It actually grew in my colon for weeks. And we talked about this eight or nine months ago. This is the way in which that process is not unique to coronavirus. It's going on with flu viruses. It's going on with all these pathogens. I talked to you last year on this show and said that your body your intestinal tract deliberately with intent functionally grows these viruses and even bacteria in your intestinal tract. And that's so it can run its own biological lab and decide what is the best antibody and what antibodies can I select, the body select that will not interact or interact with the least amount of side effects. And so we're managing, our bodies are managing dozens, maybe hundreds of different pathogens. And inside of us, there's all these pathogens that are potentially damaging, but guess what? Our body's growing them, it's studying them, it's developing the best antibody response so that we don't have, so that we have the very least side effect protocol. And, and during your life, you've come across all kinds of pathogenic bacteria that might've killed you or made you sick, but your own immune system was built and designed to grow those, study those, make antibodies. Your natural immunity protected you and you didn't have any symptoms, so you weren't even aware. So many things went on. Right, right. So who's gonna, who's gonna be immune is not the ones yes. that not the natural okay. immune. Let, let me tell you, and this is my prediction, okay? Here's the, the flat out, so what's the take home point? If you were lucky enough, to grow SARS-CoV-2 in your intestine. You likely have the best intestinal immunity on the planet. You likely have an immunity that won't produce cardiac problems like, like some of the, you know, like some of the, some of the messenger RNAs do in, in younger men and uh, younger people. 
you have the safest, the best immunity by growing it in your intestinal tract. That was true last year. That is true this year. It's true of coronavirus. It's true of influenza. It's your body's intestinal defense. Your immune system is concentrated in your small intestine. And, and literally all these things are going on inside you, outside this, the inspection of, it's not easy to get a biopsy from down there. It's not easy to study, but all these things are going on there. And, and literally those people that have had GI exposure, which is probably two thirds, three fourths, 90% of America, it was their accidental GI exposure that protected them, not necessarily the intramuscular shocks. And so, you know, the take home message is you've been exposed to your own intestine, your guts protect you. And you know, people used to talk about guts, you know, 50, 60 years ago, people say that person's got no guts. You've got guts and your guts have been protecting you your whole life. All right, so, so we so are running out of time, Dr. Marks. Uh, so um, yeah. I, you always have a closing thought. The closing thought is live attenuated vaccine and an orally taken is still today as it was last year, the very best for producing a safe, protective immune response. But, my, but the closing message is, is simply this. You're alive today for a purpose. Whether it's nuclear war next week or, or next year, or whether it's coronavirus or some new, new threat to your life. Make use of today because every day is a gift. Your friends, your family, the strangers in your life, they need you. And your, your today is God's gift to you. Make the most of it and thank God for your time. Thank God for your health and pray for those who suffer and hold their hand to be with them. You have a great day and uh, we'll talk to you next week. All right, that was the COVID-19 vaccine show, guys. Take care.